Welcome back to Silento Podcast. Hope everyone has had a good weekend. Premier League football has returned. And yeah, uh, we go again. Um, last week, it was a full panel. This week, well, reality is here. Um, but I am joined by the new pod host, Dale, who keeps consistency, what I like to see. Dale, how are we doing? You okay, mate? Yeah, keeping consistency, unlike Liverpool. Good, who, stuff, uh, good stuff. Didn't start. Very, didn't start very well. Was it? Wasn't a very consistent display from uh, playing City to playing Fulham. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. I mean, I say good stuff. Obviously, not good stuff for you. Uh. But it was a good start for Arsenal, which we are going to start mm. on. Obviously, the Friday night opener. Um. For me, Friday night openers. As I said, whoever watched the the prediction from us, Friday night openers are never good for Arsenal. They're never good. Um. The Leicester game, I remember years ago. It was 3-3 free, free, and then I think Lacazette nicked a late winner. That was a hard watch. Um, and then there was obviously last season against Brentford. We needed to make amends for that, but we did. Um, I want to get your thoughts first, actually, because obviously coming from an outsider, I want to see what you made of our performance and the result itself. Um, and there's one guy I'm going to talk about later, which is Saliba. So I do want you to sort of give your impact on him as well, because I know we spoke about him last week when we were speaking of players to watch um, and players coming into Premier League. But yeah, what was your take on Arsenal's first game of the season? I thought they looked solid, mate, to be honest with you. I think it was kind of expected. I think obviously you've done well in the transfer market, haven't you, this season? So uh, Zinchenko slotted straight in, didn't he? Didn't look out of place at all. Give you another outlet. Um, I think obviously him and him and Tierney now, you've, you're solid in the left-back area. Um, I think he he's definitely better going forward than he is defensively. Did they, they did sort of target him in the second half a little bit, some balls over the top, but they didn't really they didn't re- they looked a bit off it, didn't they, Palace? Um, I thought Arsenal looked sharp. Jesus was causing them all sorts of problems, especially in that opening sort of 15, 20 minutes. I thought he looks he looks like he's just slotted straight in. I think that's the thing with Arsenal now as well. The transfers they're not transfers where you're saying oh it's going to take him six months or, f- or a couple of games or you know three or four games to get in, get used to the system they've just all come in and just gone bang 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 and they all look all look solid I think Gabriel looked good with with Saliba I think Ben White he looked all right first half at right back but I think second half he looked a bit uncomfortable with Zaha um because he looked a bit like he, he he didn't obviously doesn't really know the position that well um so I think he needs to I think he I think once Tommy Asu's fit he'll probably go back into playing as, as a centre back but yeah I think overall no, I think you look good, mate. I think, I think you. I think you're gonna have a good season. I think everyone predicts that you're gonna have a good season this season. I think Arteta's slowly but surely stamping his authority on the team now, and it's now his team, isn't it? It's now his team. You can't. There's none of this old. Um, it's not his team or his, his players that that shouldn't be there. Deadwood. He's cleared a lot of that out. He's got the players in that he wanted now. Um, so now he's, there's not really any excuses. But first game of the season, two 0 away at Palace, which is always a difficult place to go. Um, I think all the Arsenal fans would have snapped your hand off for a 2 0 win on the opening day away at Palace. 100%. Um, and like you said, Selhurst Park is not an easy place to go to. Um, mm. But for me, I think, I think first half, like just giving my two pence, obviously, I think first half was brilliant. I think it was one of the best first half performances we've had, especially in our away ground. Um, being after what happened last year at Palace, obviously, 3 0 defeat. It was another one of those situations where we just needed to make, you know, we needed to make a statement. And I think that was a statement made. Like, the first half was brilliant. Uh, Martinelli, he had a missed chance and then he made amends. He got the the goal. Good little knock-on from Zinchenko. Um, I think standout was Saliba. I just thought, Mm. we're going to touch on Man United in a little bit. But there's ways that Premier League uh, debuts can go. One or the other. Uh, you're going to have a bit of a tits up or you're going to have a phenomenal mm. game. And I thought he was just brilliant. You know, I think he he's had a great pre-season and I think this was the icing on the cake for him. You know, he had a great first game into the Premier League um, and he was up against, let, let's be honest, Palace haven't got a bad front three. When you no. look at Zaha and, you know, Edouard as well, he, he Scottish Ham League is fish. But he's, he's, a a hand, he's, he's physical, isn't he? That's the thing. I mm. think I think that's the, that's the thing as well. I think, he stood up to the physical cha- the physical challenge from Edouard. He stood up to Zaha, had him a couple of times where he got him sort of half one-on-one in the box and he dealt with that pretty easily. He looked comfortable on the ball. He didn't look phased by the atmosphere. Um, 
I think it I think it just goes to show that maybe you need to give Arteta a bit more praise because they've obviously looked at it and thought he's not quite ready. You know, when they signed him, he was what eighteen or something at the time and they shipped him out on loan for two seasons and you can only see that now they're ready to put him in and he's he looks good for the first game. It is only the first game, so you have to yeah. you have to wait and see. But I'm sure he will make mistakes. He's a young player, they all make mistakes, but like you say, in terms of uh, debuts going, it went pretty much as, as good as it could have gone for a centre half, couldn't it? Yeah, um, and like to be honest, I think the whole I, I agree with the Ben White. I think with Ben White, first half he looked good, and then I feel like as soon as he got mm. that yellow card, he just he was, I feel he was like on he edge a little bit. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was just on edge. I think he knew like he needed to play it safe because he's up against a hard one. I'm not saying that, look, I I've seen Arsenal fans want Zahar at Arsenal, and I'm thinking no. If we're going to sell Bo- Pepe, bring in Zahar. The ends don't justify the means. Like you're kind of just giving away something to to get the same thing back. I just feel like they're both missing something. And with Zahar, I feel like he is someone that if someone against him is on the yellow card, he knows what to do. And I feel like yeah. Pepe, um, I feel like Ben White knew that. And I think he just maybe played it too safe and he just made risks. Um, but at but the end like of the day, day, it was the right decision at the end of the day, wasn't it? Because mm. if he goes and steams in and, and gets a second, a silly second booking, all the Arsenal fans in the turn and say, oh, it's the same old, same old, the disciplinary yeah. issues and that you had last season. And it's, to be fair to him, he, he did just sort of stand off him and say, look, I'm not going to dive in. I'll, I'll, I'll come and meet you, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive in and make a silly challenge. You, you had the two goal cushion, well, you had the one goal cushion for the majority of the second half. And then once you get the second goal, it's kind of, that's it. Then you get everyone can just sort of relax because, I know that um, Ramsdale made a couple of decent saves, but other than that, he wasn't really troubled that much, was he? So yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, he made like I think the one save at the end where people were saying, "What a great save!" I feel like that should be put away. I don't think it was a good. This is what annoys me sometimes. And there's another moment in another game which I'll touch on. In, uh, we'll touch on in a little while when people say, "Oh, what a great save!" But then you look back at it and you think. Is it a good save or is the finisher just not? Was that the head? Well? Was that was that the header? Yeah, yeah, and, it, like, it, and and we're like, that's not really a great save. I feel like that's something you should potentially. I think, I think be, you'd probably look at a, look at a striker there a bit more and say you should have. He, he yeah, kind of yeah, that's straight the thing. Down the I, mid, straight down the I middle think, of the goal. I think in the second half, if Palace have better finishers, um, we're in trouble. But luckily, we got a bit of luck um, with the second goal, with the deflection, and we needed it. It came at the right time because I think if that didn't happen, I think the story is very, very different to how it ended. Um, I, think, I think there was one one thing that I would have looked at it and said it was a slight concern, not a massive one, but it's just the, the ease in which Palace could play the ball over the top. That was just mm. a slight issue. They were getting a lot of joy with um, Anderson at the back, just pinging balls over the top of the fullbacks. That might have been because obviously Sinchenko's new to the system and he's still getting yeah. worrying as well because we've got we've got height in the centre, which is, so that makes it a bit worrying because if you look at Saliba, he's not small, and then you look at Ben White, um, uh, you look at sorry Gabriel, he's not the tiniest of players, but then that's where Palace are quite lucky. They have a front three mm. that have got a bit of height in them, they've got a bit of strength, uh, but luckily, luckily the job got done. But we're going to move oh, on. I don't oh, sorry, think it was. I, I don't think it was. Luckily, I think Arsenal fully deserved the win. Yeah, they, they, I think. I think they, second half. Second half. Second half. Look, I. I think we were lucky that we weren't up against a better team. But first half, I think we played well enough to deserve three points. Um, yeah, but yeah, was, that is typical was, Arsenal. But you're never going to go away in the Premiership and play against an away side, either at any yeah. at any of the away grounds, and not have a spell where the other team. Very rarely you can have a spell where the other team doesn't have you know, a 10, 15 minute period where they have a few chances. It's just the way it is. So yeah, I think Arte- Arteta will be happy. Arsenal fans are happy and good start. Better that you're already three points better off at the start of, than you was last season. So take it and run, mate. Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, but yeah, it's a good start. And we've got Leicester at home next. So I'm hopeful for that as well, considering what we're about to touch on shortly. But we're going to move on to the 12.30 kickoff uh, where things weren't so good, you know. Um, a great, I would say, a good season for Liverpool last year. Obviously, it's a bit, it's a bit chalk and cheese, depending on your expectations, because you reached quite a lot of finals. Let's be honest, and you were very nearly there to the Premier League as well. Um, so you had, a, yeah, you had a good run, and obviously the Community Shield was a good start. But Mitrovic comes to town. He's in the Premier League, and he keeps his name known. Dale, give me your thoughts on this. Um, firstly, you've got to say Fulham 
played really well. You can't take anything away from them. At the end of the day, they they were first to every ball. That first half, especially, they were first to every ball. They won every second ball. They they were playing um, Andreas just behind um, Mitrovic. Mitrovic was a handful for Van Dijk um, and Matip. He, he's physical. He was backing into him. He was making life awkward for him. Um, and you can't really say that the first half they didn't deserve to be one nil up because they did. Um, mm. It was a great, great little move for him. Ball over to the back post and Mitrovic versus Alexander-Arnold at the back post. Um, it's a mismatch, isn't it? And it's clever from Mitrovic because he's obviously looked at him and gone, it's I'm just not funny go hearing that, to be honest, right? But it's good It's good forward play. He's, you know, he's not going to try. He knows he's probably going to have a hard time to outjump Matip and Van Dijk. So he's peeled right away mm-hmm. from the back post. You can see they tried it a couple of times before that where he peeled away and they were tr- the ball just wasn't quite right. They got one right. I still think Alisson should have saved the first one, to be honest with you. I think he thinks Mitrovic is going to go back across him. And then by the time he realises that he's gone to the near post, it was just too late. But um, yeah, first half, you can't deny it. Liverpool didn't play well enough. We were slow, lethargic. We didn't move the ball quick enough. We couldn't put three or four passes together. We had no pattern to play. It was just, um, yeah, it was a bit weird to see, actually, considering how sharp we look against City. But then maybe was that just because City weren't quite up to speed? I don't know, but... Um, it kind of gave me a bit of a, a, a flashback to when we played Villarreal, that first half against Villarreal last season, where we were 2-0 down after 45 minutes and we played so badly. Um, second half, it improved. It did improve. Obviously, we got Nunes came on, Elliot came on, and we looked at sort of for half an hour, we looked a completely different different side. Nunes made an impact straight away. Um, mm. For me, he's got to start. He's got to start now. Um, 100%. 100%. He's got to start. Um but other than that, I mean, yeah, look, we, we got the goal, got it back to one all, and you're thinking, well, maybe can we go on now and, and, and scrape it and, and get a lucky win? And then within, I think it was 10 minutes of getting the equaliser, we're back being 2-1 down. Van Dijk, again, didn't didn't deal with Mitrovic. He, he, he played really well, Mitrovic. Um, <laughs> it just sounds funny. The, you, you, you've, you've got look, one of the best back forwards in the league and Mitrovic, first game of the season, he's causing problems. And that's the... That's the that's the slight worry. Is the slight worry is I see a stat. I think it was yesterday that I think out of our last fifteen or thirteen games, we've gone one nil down, and then like the mm. games that we have conceded in, we've always conceded the first goal. So it's getting a bit of a worry that we are start because we used to be you know known for being fast starters and, and blowing teams away, and now it's getting to the point now where when we concede, we're conceding the first goal, and we're not able to really turn it around as quickly as we were. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know what the reason for that is. To be brutally honest with you, it's just just one of them mad stats that you see. But um, Van Dijk, yeah, he just he got he got he got done by Mitrovic, didn't he? he Mitrovic, you got to hand it to him. He played really well. He, 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 but the thing is with Mitrovic, I think a lot of people wrote him off because he's been in the Premier League before and he hasn't quite done it. And then he drops down to the Championship and he yeah, he goes from forty to one. Like, it is it is bizarre. The di- it is bizarre. The difference, I think, the difference is now with Mitrovic is his experience now. So when he was in the Premier League before he was at Newcastle, he was really young, he was really raw. He then was in again with Fulham, and they bought a hell of a lot of players, um, and it didn't really click. But I think this time round, I think what is he now, twenty seven, twenty eight? Yeah, he's experienced. He's played. He's played for his country. To be fair, um, I think he's twenty six. So that- I'm pretty sure I looked, and he's twenty six. So he's still got a fair few. Yeah. Players. Yeah, uh, but I just think it's the experience now. I think he knows what his game is. He knows what he is. He knows what he he knows what he's good at. He knows what he's not good at. And I think yeah. Fulham now play into his strengths rather than him trying to play as 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 Fulham were trying to play as as this pretty football. They're now just going right. We've got a big guy up front who's good at holding the ball up. He's a handful. Let's just get the ball mm-hmm. to him as quickly as we can in the box and and see what he can do with it. And and that's what they did. So you can't nothing. I mean, we got lucky to to get to come away to, with with a point. I know Henderson almost nicked it at the end, but um. Yeah, for me, it was one of them where you sort of go, I'll take a point and we and we just move on. And, and hopefully it gives us a bit of a kick up the, the backside to, to to start faster and, and, and it gives us an early wake-up call because we can't be putting in too many of them performances for the next, this season. Otherwise, we will we will find ourselves well out of it by Christmas. 100%. Um, yeah, look, from, from a Fulham perspective, they played well. Against Liverpool, Liverpool first game of the season, I think most people would have predicted a 3 or 4-0 win. Like, I think, People expected Liverpool to shut them out, but you know they they showed a good they showed a good performance. Uh, I thought they held their ground well, even when they were one 0 up. Like when you're one 0 up, a lot of teams panic when you're up against the likes of. I think last season I would have said you had the best front three in the league, no debate. Without Mane now, it's up for consideration. But when you're up against something like that, 
you do panic when you go one up because you think, right, they're going to come at us. But I, I thought they actually held their balance. Um, Mitrovic, yeah, he's not hot. He's hardly they were a better team. Yeah, he's hardly a Galactico, but I, I agree. I think they need to make their team around him. They need to build their team around him rather than bringing all this new flesh and then just, you know, trying to put the pieces together. They need to make realise how important Mitrovic is and they might succeed Mitrovic. and even stay up this season um, because... Mitrovic... Mitch there's, what, there's, going to, there's going to be two things that keep them up this season. It's going to be Mitrovic scoring the goals and them getting results at home. And I think they know yeah. that. I think they, if they can nick the odd result away from home, then brilliant. But I think they know that if they can get Mitrovic firing and they can get um, they can have a good home record, they're the two things I think that will, that will keep Fulham safe. And if they play like they did against us with that intensity and that press, um, I think they'll be fine. The only thing that might let them down is, is if they get injuries. But... Um, Listen, you can't take nothing away from him. It's a great performance by Fulham. Not so great by Liverpool. And we'll see, we'll see how Fulham do. I, I think Fulham. Obviously, I, I thought Fulham would stay up before before obviously that game, and and that game just sort of confirmed. That I think that I think they're going to have more firepower than than the other two the other teams that are going to be down there. So, yeah, fair play to Fulham. Brilliant performance from them. They're probably a bit gutted that they didn't win, and that's a bit of a weird thing to say when you play against Liverpool. Is that you come away a bit gutted that you haven't took all three points? So, yeah, fair play to them. Um, Liverpool need to wake up a little bit. I think. One hundred percent. I will touch on the other games briefly. Obviously, Leeds, Wolves, uh, great result for them. Mm. Brendan Harrison, I, I, I tell you what, mate, I, I hadn't heard of this fella, but I watched a bit of Match of the Day and then I sort of looked looked at a few clips and I thought, because you don't usually get someone come out of where he's from and think, oh, he's a talent. Uh, but he looks like someone that could be like, I'm not going to say light at the end of the tunnel because I don't think Leeds did too badly considering they got rid of a good manager. Um, but they got a good result and I think it was largely down to him and they're going to need someone like him to step up because they've lost, obviously, Phillips, they've lost Rafinha, um, but they got a good result against Wolves, obviously, 2-1. And I feel like Wolves are the type of team you expect up there this season. Um, let's be honest, you'd look at them and think maybe top eight, top ten. So to get these sort of points, it's a start for Jesse Marsh um, and I don't think it'd have, I think it'd have taken a win all day. Uh, but I want to talk to you about Leeds in particular, just very, very briefly, um, and Wolves. Because it's been said that Wolves haven't, they don't score enough. All they do is defend. Mm -hmm. Like last season, Jose Sarr, if it wasn't for him, I think they're very much, very much at the bottom of the pile. Uh, he's a great keeper and had a good defence, uh, which we'll touch on shortly, actually, with Everton. Um, but yeah, they've now brought in Guides. What's your take on Wolves this season and this loss? Do you... Do you feel like this is just a one-off or do you think that perhaps this is a wake-up call that they do need to get the guns firing? Um, I think with Wolves, I think it's more... I think they're trying to go in a little bit of a different direction this season, aren't they? They've always been playing that back five, even under Nuno. They played a back five and, and they've always done well keeping the ball out of the net, like you say, but they've never been prolific. I don't think, um, don't think Jimenez has ever really been the same since he got that injury. Um mm -hmm. So that's always that's hindered their goals. Is that again as well? Is it? It's just, yeah, it's, but yeah. I think I think with them, I think obviously with the whole Cody situation, it doesn't quite make sense to me. I mean, mm. I mean, letting your best centre back go to let's be let's face it, Everton are probably going to be someone who they class as in and around them in terms of quality of squad and, and expectation, and they're and they're not they're selling to a rival essentially. It doesn't quite sit right with me. Um, it might be that they they needed to get rid of him in order to bring uh, Guedes in from Valencia who's another attacking player. So maybe they're looking, thinking we can, we can go to a forward back, play with yeah. an extra attacker. Um, so who knows with Wolves? I think Wolves are always a bit of an up and down team, aren't they? They, they win two or three on the bounce and they lose two or three on the bounce. Um, so I think I think Wolves will be fine. They've got enough quality, I think, to, to keep them up. But you don't want to be losing too many early on in the season. Um, yeah. Leeds, yeah. Leeds, though, for Leeds, it's all about winning, isn't it? It's about getting as many points on the board as you can, as early as you can. Um, for them, it's all about just getting a good start. I think if they can get through the first 10 games and they can get four or five wins on the board or three or four wins, I think they'd be quite happy with that if they can nick a few draws uh, and sort of get through the first 10 games and be sort of mid-15th to mid-table. I think they'd be quite happy with that. Um, but yeah, good result for, for, for Leeds. Um, not so great for Wolves, but I don't really worry for Wolves. I, 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 no, I would no. still say I would still say I worry more for Leeds. A bit like a Palace, really, aren't they? They're just expected to plot somewhere they haven't really got an expectation middle of the middle of the middle of the table 
um like you know you're expected to compete but not compete too too dearly i think with wolves they're just it's it's obvious and it's pretty much imminent that they're going to stay up uh however i just think for me you know they've got they've, for the for the front three that they've had and they're now going to have with Guidez as well coming in they need to just start scoring uh it didn't work with Traore he's back now i don't know what's going to happen with him you know does he start every week because they've got Neto and Podence and i wouldn't take either of them out on my side the way that Traore's oh. been um so and then you've got Guidez who from what mm. I know and from what I've seen, he looks good. And they just need to score. Defensively, I think they're spot on. Diego Carlos, he's a good signing. And obviously, yeah, Cody is a massive loss. Doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Um, shout out to, um, on the Twitter, obviously some of our fans, were say, uh, some of our followers were saying, oh, uh, could be because of the World Cup. Good comment. However, is he going to get in the, comment uh, in the World Cup playing for Everton? I'm not entirely sure. I don't okay. think that's where you want to pick think- it. I think the only thing with that is about the World Cup. He was going to, he was, he would have played for Wolves. So, so mm. game time, so game time from isn't, yeah, an issue, isn't an issue for him. He would have played for both. I think maybe it's the, you know, he's a Liverpool lad. And unless idiot. people think that he's coming in for Kilman, uh, he's going out for Kilman, which I, I would be baffled if that was ever the case. I, I because... think, I think, I think with teams like Wolves, it's all about balancing the books. I can't imagine Guedes is coming in on low wages. So there might have been that, you know, he might have said to Wolves that, you know, I'm, I'm a Liverpool lad. I wouldn't mind going back home. Yeah. Um, they, mm-hmm. they, he's probably one of the higher earners at the club as well. So maybe they thought we'll get get him off the wage yeah. bill. We can that frees us up to pay Gwidesh a few more um, a few more quid to get him in. Um, so maybe that's in their thinking, and, and maybe they're thinking they've got enough, like you say, with Kilman. I know they like that young lad Totti, who who played started playing towards the end of last season. So maybe they're thinking, well, they'll bring him through. Um, obviously, they've got Willy Bolly. Um, so maybe they're thinking that he's not as important as maybe what the outside think, but he's been their captain since they come up. He's probably the most vocal out of all of their centre-half. So it is a bit of a strange one to me to sell to Everton, but maybe they just think they've got enough. Good asset for them though. It's probably, it's probably their best, best. I would honestly say it's, uh, we'll touch on Everton shortly, but I would honestly say that's their best sign in the summer. I don't rate McNeil, which I said last week. So I think that is a great signing for them. Um, we're gonna to have to touch on Tottenham. I don't really want to, uh, but because I, you know, I don't like swallowing words and eating humble pie. But what a start for them! Four-one against Southampton. Look, I said last week. Um, I said that the Saints are in trouble. Um, reason being, I just feel like a lot of teams are up and coming. Saints are very much just at a standstill. Um, I think they rely too much on more Prowse. I think it is a situation with like it is with many teams to be honest in the Premier League but with them they haven't got any other really else to look to like Adam Armstrong Stuart Armstrong Che Adams they're not people you can look at and be like yeah you'll come in and and do the job if he doesn't um but yeah Ward Prowse look he started they started well we put him one up um but for me the thing is with Tottenham this is what annoyed me they Son and Kane actually had bad games both of them in my opinion um this is just my opinion I thought they both played pro- I'm not going to say poorly, but I think it was not as good as what I'd expect considering how well Tottenham were flourishing. Um, and yet they still got the job done. And I'm going to talk about that Sweden little, like that Swedish little fella, mm. Kuzevsky. He's, it annoys me. I said last week, didn't I? Chris was on there saying, oh, Kuzevsky's going to have a brilliant season. I thought, all right, all right. Like, you're getting too, you're getting too excited. But... I'm looking at I'm looking at last year and or what business was made, and what was done, and I'm looking at all the summer transactions, everything that happened, took, going from July to January, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking who's had the biggest impact on the team since, let's say July, and it is probably him, because he he's got them top four without a doubt, like he was crucial to to how well they played, and he's now just becoming this. At, he's becoming their bread and butter almost. If you take Son and Kane out of that team, he's the next best thing. And you've got to look at them too and you think Son and Kane are one of the best partnerships to ever grace the Premier League. So it's like, all right, you're doing quite well to be on the balance with them like already. And you've only been in the league, say, six, seven months. Um, but yeah, what's your what's your take on, on, on this win for Tottenham? And there's been a lot of talk as well about how they can title charge and be on this run. Um, do you agree with that, or do you think perhaps they still need a little bit more? 
firstly, the worry is, like you say, Son and Kane didn't have their best game and they still won 4-1. So mm. um, that's that's the first worry. I think Kulazewski has definitely added to them. He's taken the weight off of... He's taken the attention off of Kane and Son as such because there's now a, a third prong in the attack, which obviously everyone needs to pay attention to. Um I don't think you can read too much into it. Everyone before the game would have would have would have put Tottenham to win that game. I know there was a bit of uh, a bit of um, wishful thinking when they went one 0 down, but I, I, I see I see Tottenham as the third best team. I think they've got the third best manager, and I think they're the third best team. I think, uh, but Spurs are the sort of team that will beat Southampton um, this week, and then they play Chelsea, and they'll go and get beat by Chelsea. That's the sort of team that they are. So I think they've got to get a consistent run of games um, of, of wins. And then we can start talking about how serious they are. I don't think you can take too much from any of the teams really after the first game because um, everyone's still getting up to speed. It, it, every every team's going to be at different levels. Um, some may be ready to go now. Some it may take them two or three uh, weeks to sort of get used to the pace and get back into it. So I think Tottenham will be, they're going to be up there. I, I, I don't see them finishing outside the top four. I think they'll be the closest ones to to City and Liverpool this season, but yeah, another it's a good it's a good start for them, but an expected one, I think. Yeah, like oh, that hurts. That really, really, really hurts to hear. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like I think Kudelski is only on loan still as well. Uh, but mm. they've got an option. They've got an option to buy. Which yeah, I don't know if they bought. Obviously. Yeah, I don't know if they bought him this summer or not. I'm not sure. No, I, they, I think I, I think he's still on loan, but there's no okay. doubt. It, there's no oh, yeah, doubt. They'll be it, silly. They'll be yeah, it, yeah, they've they've wasted money along the years. I mean, we're about to talk about it about how money can be wasted. Um, but you look at the money they've spent: Sanchez, Endombele, Lo Celso, all bought for big money. None of I them think, have been. None of them have been vindicated, and no. now they've got a low knee, and he's he's excelled but, in this league. But that's the difference. The difference is Conte. Conte doesn't buy a player like like Pep and, and and Klopp. He doesn't buy players unless they fit his system. So he doesn't. He knows what system he, he what he plays. He knows what players he needs for that system. So he buys players to fit that system rather than buying a player because they're available. And I think that's the difference with Tottenham now is they've got a manager who knows exactly what he wants. He's got a manager who knows how to win. And they've got they've got players now that fit the system they're playing. I mean, two years ago, Ryan Sessegnon couldn't get a look in at Tottenham, and now he's no, potentially yeah. their first their first choice um, left wing back because he fits the system. So it just goes to show you that you need the right manager at the right time and the right system, and and, and you can go places. Yeah, he's been backed as well. Like he's talking of fullbacks, he should, they've just signed another fullback. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because it's going to absolutely end in tears. He's gone back on loan though, hasn't he? Yeah, but they've they've spent more on fullbacks than most teams combined in like the last two years. You think they've brought in Sessegnon, Emerson, Doherty, now this guy, and obviously um, the thing is, their centre. I think the centre pairing, Eric Dyer, he's got his place now. I think going back to the whole Cody thing about the World Cup. That's the only reason I can see Cody not having a chance whatsoever is because you can't really not take Eric Dyer at the moment. He's playing Champions League football well, soon to be, and he is playing well. You know, he's he's doing a job for them. Um, and he, he's going to be playing with the big boys, let's be, let's be honest. So Southgate can't sit there and be like, oh, it's a matter of who you play for, like he usually does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we move on, I think, Dale, you said that you... You predict Tottenham to lose this one this weekend? Is that right against Chelsea? No, so I'm not. I don't think. I don't think. I don't necessarily think they'll lose, but I just think that Tottenham in the past have been a team that will go and get a good result, and then everyone tips them to do something, and then they let you down by going and losing. I think. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think you read too much into into the game at the weekend either. Even if they were to lose it, I think you need to. Want, let's get through the first round of fixtures and see what their record is against the top six teams, and then we can kind of see where Tottenham are going to be. But um, if I was to pick a winner this weekend, I think it would be a draw, actually. I, I could see it being an, mm-hmm. either a, nil, a nil-nil or a 1-1. Makes it easy for me. I would probably say a 1-1, yeah. Um, about to go on to Chelsea, Everton in a very, very short while. Um, but yeah, I think for me, Chelsea just look too defensive at the moment. Um, I think they'll probably end up getting a penalty again. Um, <laughs> and I think Tottenham will get a nice little Harry Kane... Poacher's goal, 87th minute, something like that. I think it'll be a boring game. It's got one of them games which you look at and it should be good, uh, but I just don't think it will live up to the expectation. Um, but yeah, Luke, cheers to tuning in. Always good to have you on board. Uh, we'll touch on Newcastle Limited be- just for a minute because I do want to just talk about how well they looked. Um, I'm baffled, to be honest. 
because everyone was saying last season, Saudi are coming in. Saudi are going to, you know, they're going to bring the magic. And I was like, what are you on about? Like, it's just owners. They don't have that much of an effect. You know, the juice isn't always worth the squeeze. Sometimes you can spend 300 million, um, like Man United, <laughs> you could go spend a lot of money and it's still not work. Um, but however, look, Forest, for me, Forest at home, you look at it and you think, okay, that's a good first game of the season. Uh, one where you can, you know, make your name shown, get a few goals in, get the team boost. But Newcastle just looked good. I think against anyone, they would have looked good. And as an Arsenal fan, it sickens me to see Gamirez playing so well for the likes of Newcastle. Because I sit there and I think, right, if he was in our team and he's doing this, I think we're the fixed puzzle. I generally think we've got everything there. Um, but yeah, great result for Newcastle. And I, I generally believe they are one or two signings. I'll tell you what, if not two, one signings from competing at a top eight, at least. Um, and maybe even above. Because they've got the quality there in their team now, you know. They, they seem under control, uh, which is good after so long under, obviously, the likes of, you know, I mean, we go under the own, the ownership, the manager, they had, the management they had for so many years. They put up with that. But now, so quickly, they're starting to see a change around. Um, but just give me your quick thoughts on Newcastle, because I know we got going to other games. Um, but, yeah, what's your thoughts on them this season? And do you feel like they are that close to, to becoming in that, Aston Villa, Wolves, um, Man United situation, West Ham even, or do you think there's perhaps um, still a lot of work to do? I think they're still going to be quite highly reliant on, on Wilson to score the goals. Um, obviously, they've improved. I know Jolinton's had a, I, I don't know what he's had, but he's all of a sudden become become a really good player for them. Um, obviously, Gamirez coming in was a good signing. Botman looked quite assured at the back from the highlights that I saw. He, he looked solid. But I still think that they're going to rely on on, on Wilson for goals. Um, obviously, they, they've just got a feel good factor about them now, haven't they? The, the fans are on board. The club's got a, they've got a good young manager. They've got a good um, they, they, their side's not an aging side really. They've got quite a few good young players. Um, so I think they'll be I think they'll be they'll be top ten this season easily. Where in that top ten? Obviously, I mm. think still remains to be seen. I still think that they they need a backup, a, a decent backup striker. I know they tried yeah. to get one, but he went to PSG, didn't he? I can't remember the guy's name. I can't I can't pronounce his team. Um, oh, he, yeah, went to, yeah. he went to, he went to PSG. Uh, so I think there's there's potential that they still might bring a striker in because Callum Wilson constantly gets injured, but he? he never he never gives you a full season. Um, but yeah, I think they, I think they'll be just they'll be a solid mid table team, tenth to seventh. I think it's going to be their their sort of aim this year. And if they, I think if if you offered them the Carabao Cup and a seventh place finish or an eighth place finish, I think I think they'd they'd, they'd bite your hand off for that. And I think they're another one that, based on their start to the season last year, they didn't win a game for like was it ten games or twelve games or something they didn't win a game yeah. for. So I think they're in the same situation as, as Arsenal in terms of they just want to get a good start, get a couple of wins under their belt, and then they build from there. Because I think Arsenal and Newcastle obviously last season they both had a a poor start. So I think, I think it's just important to get a good start for the, for the likes of Newcastle and, and play teams like that. 100%. Um, and yeah, I talk about Newcastle. I should talk, the thing is with Forest, I just want to quickly say this. I think they're going to struggle. And the reason being, I think, I think the problem is with Forest, they've got too many pieces to put together too quickly. They've signed a whole new squad and I just don't think they've got enough t time to do it. I just yeah. generally don't think, I I'm not going to slander the manager, but I don't think he's got it in his locker to put all this together. He's had, his he's had his hands tied, really, because they're, they're, a yeah. championship, they're a championship squad that overachieved and got promotion. You know, you look at yeah. the likes of Bournemouth and Fulham, when they go down, they get like 40 million in parachute payments, whereas Nottingham Forest got 6 million the season before for finishing or wherever they finished in the championship. So they had a budget of 6 million, which is why they had so many loan players and they just all of a sudden got through a, a season really they got promoted in a season that they shouldn't have done so you have yeah. no you have no choice but to spend money um yeah that's the, that's the thing and i and think the thing is th that other teams will just come above them as well by the time they find any balance whatsoever if they I don't think nice they'll panic win. though i don't think they'll panic though i think they've got a good manager he's obviously not proven at this level but he's a, he's a mm. good manager i think they will pick up results along the way it's just whether they can pick up enough to, to keep them up but I, I had them going down when i did my 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 um, a lot of people don't as well, which I, I find baffling. A lot, I think I, it's I, 
I think it's just because of that first season. You can sort of ride the wave for the first season, can't you? How many teams mm. have we seen come up for the first season, do really, really well, and then they're down in the second season? I think it's just whether they can get this. Again, it's home form. If they can get their home form and they can make it difficult for teams to go there and they can pick up enough points at home and then pick up enough away, I think they might have a slight chance, but it, it, it needs to click pretty quickly. Uh, I think everyone would have had Newcastle to win that opening day, so I don't think they'll. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they'll panic. I think they know what they are. They know what their objectives will be, and that will just be just even if it comes down to the last game of the season, being in with a chance to, to stay up. But that's all there. That's all they're hoping for. One hundred percent. Let's talk about Chelsea. Obviously, they've had a very very busy. They've had a very busy week. Um, Cucurello has come on board. Last time we were talking, he was sort of near enough there. We knew it was happening, but it's closed in. They've now got rid of Werner. Um, and yeah, I'm going to say this is a very lucky result for them because I don't think they deserved it whatsoever. I watched the game and for me, a very lucky three points. And I know I've got a friend, Sean Pinner, out there that will be very happy to have me say that. But Everton, I thought Everton looked better in on paper. Like, looking at how they actually played football, for me, I look at Chelsea and you look at how much they've spent money on their attack. They just play so defensively. And I'm thinking, what's the point in putting all your eggs in one basket, in signing Lukaku, signing Werner, signing Havertz, signing Ziyech, and then parking the bus? I just don't get it. Um, I, any I, any any Chelsea fan that can tell me, let me know. Um, I, think you've yeah. got, I, I think we've got to remember that Ziyech, Werner, Havertz, were they not all signed by Lampard, though, weren't they? This I get that. So I think... But also, I don't think I think a lot of Chelsea fans are blinded by the Thiago Silva thing as well. Because yeah. I hear that people tell me he's a world class, uh, he's a world class centre half, and, and that he's you know as good as anyone in the league. But he's not at his age because you can't yeah. play him. You can't play him in a four. You see in, in in games last season and even in pre season when you play Thiago Silva in a back four, they lose every single time. So I think they play the back five because it it benefits Thiago Silva and having his experience and gets him his experience in the team. Because they've got two young fullbacks who, you know, they've only been been sort of first team um, for the last sort of two seasons. So they they're, they're still vaguely inexperienced. I know they brought in Koulibaly, who's experienced in Europe, but he's not experienced in in the Premier League. Obviously, Aspilicueta, I'm surprised he's still there. To be brutally honest with you, I think he's I think he's well past what he used to be. Just signed a uh, new deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I, th I think, with, I, I think, like I said last week with Chelsea, I, I think they're going to be okay defensively, and I think they'll get enough clean sheets. But I do worry about where the goals come from now. hundred percent, yeah. If they're letting Werner go, which he's gone today, that can only tell me that they must have someone lined up. They must do. If they don't sign a striker or an attacking player in this window, I'd be very, very surprised now. But I, I, I had Chelsea finishing outside the top the top six, which probably yeah. is is me probably wishful thinking more than anything. They probably will finish in the top six just because of their experience, but I don't think they'll get top four, and I, and I do think that they'll they'll struggle for goals this season. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Look, I'm anyone that's watched this show since we began. Uh, when was this? Two and a half years ago, and I'm the look, I'm the first person to back Raheem Sterling. However. Oh. Um, I look at this team and I just think, where is it all going to come from? I just don't think he's enough. Like, I doubt he's many not. can sit can he's sit not. there and confident, confidently convince someone that Havertz, Sterling and Broha is are going to bring you, they're going to take you up a gear. And if you're a Chelsea fan, that's what you want because you've been sat underneath City in Liverpool. Now you, now's your time to pounce and go for the title charge. You've got a new uh, owner. You've got a great manager they, underneath, uh, above I think, you. I think they I, tried I that last know. season, didn't they? I think they tried that. I think that was And it failed part. miserably. That, and now, if, if I, anything, they're I a step back. I think that's what's put them off. But I think going for another striker with, for big money because they brought the Kaku back. It didn't work. They brought, yeah. uh, Havert, they brought Havertz in for big money who's done absolutely nothing for them. All right, I know mm -hmm. people are telling me he scored a goal in the Champions League final, but Vladimir Spinks has scored a goal in the Champions League final. It don't mean nothing. It's all about doing it in the Premier League for me, and and he ain't good enough. He, he, Havertz isn't good enough. Ziyech isn't good enough. Pulisic isn't good enough. Uh, Werner wasn't good enough. And I think if you look back at the history of Chelsea, I mean, since Drogba and, and possibly Diego Costa, when was the last time they had a, a top striker that, that performed yeah. week in, week out for them? They haven't had it for a while. So that's why I just think that Chelsea might struggle for goals. And, and Raheem Sterling playing through the middle, we've seen, it, we've seen him do it for City. It doesn't work. We've seen him do it for England. It doesn't work. 
he's a winger uh, or an inside forward, however you want to look at it. And I, I think that if Werner goes out the door, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be slightly worried that there hasn't been sort of any speculation or rumours as to them bringing somebody in. Um, I know that that Sesco just went to Leipzig from from um, Salzburg, and I'm surprised they didn't go for someone like him, someone who's who's young, who they can who they can take a chance on, who's got a who's got a growing reputation. But I would be I would based on that performance on by Chelsea, I think defensively they look fine, but going forward I would worry slightly that over the course of the season they're not going to score enough goals. But let's wait and see. There's still time in the window. They may surprise us with a with a with a bid for for a striker. Yeah, this is the thing. My only question would be who. Like, I just look around and I think at the moment who's actually gonna. Like, you can't you can't do a Man United and go and sight like make this panic buy because everyone's really tied down now. Lewandowski's just moved to Barcelona. You know, like all he was the one players, I thought he was the one I thought they were going to go for. I yeah, thought as soon as Lewandowski I, 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 came I available, I thought I thought Chelsea were going to be all over him, especially with. Yeah, with, I, with, I said with, the same because I thought that Lewandowski would want they he want some sort of thing in the Premier League. I thought, oh, here we go. New owner, what are you going to do? I know, I'll chuck a load of money at Robert Lewandowski just because you know he'll do it. You know, you know he'll bring stuff to the table. Um, but look, Brojo is a great player and he's a great... I thought he was a good asset for Southampton. Um, I think he probably should have been signed by them. Like I said, they're in a bit of a palaver but now. They, I think. But, but also, I think maybe that is the option now. Maybe that with this new owner, they're going to give. They have so many good young players that come in and go out on loan, and then they don't ever get a chance. Maybe they're going to say to Broja, "This is your chance now. You know, we're going to throw yeah. you in. We're going to throw you in Champions uh, Champions League games. Uh, Champions League games. Will will you'll get runs in the cups? And it's up to him to take it. If he plays in the cup games and he's scoring, then the manager's going to have to play him. So it's down to him really to to take the chances that he gets. But yeah, Chelsea will will wait and see on them. I, I still have question marks over Chelsea, but yeah, good win. they got they got a win at a tough place to go. So you got to give them credit for that. Yeah, that's the thing. And the only thing I'll say to Chelsea is you can't tell players like Werner and Lukaku. Well, Lukaku on loan, but obviously he's going to end up. Um, but it makes sense, however, because it hasn't worked out. But you can't do it without expecting consequences because there's going to be some. Uh, so they need to make sure that they get the ball rolling in the transfer window. Um, we're going to move on to the best result of the weekend. Uh, Eric Ten Hag, welcome to Premier League football. Uh, absolutely brilliant. I've got a family full of Man United fans, so this was a joy to see. This was literally... Oh, if I was to have a dessert every day, this would be the icing on my cake. It is... Perfect. Um, but yeah, what a wake-up call. Eric Ten Hag brought in, I'll be honest, an abysmal performance for Man United. It's, uh, I think the thing is, with it, it's the same team they had last year, but they put a, they put a five-foot-nine centre-back in there. That's, that's literally it. Yeah. They haven't, the they, haven't, they haven't changed nothing. They, they, the problems were there under under um, Oli. The problems were there under Ranić. The problems were there under Van... Uh, what was his name? Um, what was the, the Dutch guy they had before Oli? Oh, um... Vanguard. So they've had the problems have dated back with all the same players. They've dated back three managers already. Ten Hag comes in, buys a centre back. It, it, it doesn't. It's not enough. Erickson. It's not enough. <laughs> and mean... then he play. And then he plays. He play. He, did, he doesn't play with a striker. It just. It's. It's. If I was a United fan, no wonder they were fighting in the stands because it's like he's come yeah. in and he. He's just does. He doesn't. Like you've got Ronaldo on the bench. I know he's causing problems, but at the at the start of the season, just get a win. Put him on. Use the like, use the tools. Use the yeah, tools use him. And, yeah. Use him until you don't have him. Um, he he's going to be more more annoyed now that he hasn't played. He, he yeah. would have liked to have thought if you played for someone like Ronaldo, he's going to have to have a point to prove to everyone. And say, look, I'm still the main man, but this is what you're missing, sort of thing. But it was just yeah, like I say, Liverpool having a bad result, and then uh, hearing the news that Brighton were two one up <laughs> was uh, was music to my ears and. If Liverpool don't win, the next best thing is Man United lose. So I was I was chuffed with that result. And he got handed to Brighton because they lost two of their best players in Basuma and Cucurella. They've gone to Old Trafford and and it's they've got a result and it just proves that Potter, you know, he's he's still he's still a manager to be feared in a way because Brighton play good football and they always start well as well, Brighton. Always. So mm. fair play to Brighton. They 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 went to Old Trafford, they they won comfortably. Um, I don't really. I didn't see much of the game. I saw the highlights, but it didn't look like there was there too much um, to sort of. It wasn't like a lucky two-one, or they've snatched a goal. It looked like they were pretty much 
the better team for the majority of the game. So yeah, fair play to Brighton and let's hope Man United continue to uh, to lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Look, look for me, Brighton. I, I just think what make what I find baffling. This right, we've spoken about who we think is going to go down and all this stuff. And usually on a normal day, you would look at Brighton's squad on paper, right? I looked at their I looked at their starting eleven and I thought, wow. Like how are they like Welbeck, Lalana, names like that, Pascal Grob. And you think, oh, you'd probably look at them and usually you'd consider them to be down there. Not a single person I know has ever even said, Oh, Brighton will probably struggle this season because Graham Potter is in charge. Yeah. Um but yeah, look, he lost Ben White obviously coming to us, and then he's lost Basuma and Kukurella, and he still found a way to make things happen. Um, he never, and, he ne- do you know what I like about him as well? He never moans. Uh, even yeah. when, even, even if his team have played badly, he'll come out and say they weren't the better team, but he never moans about, you know, the officials. He never moans about refereeing decisions. He never moans about, you know, anything. You know, he loses his players year on, year out, and he still manages to get results. And, and I'm surprised, I'm surprised that, Someone bigger haven't come in for him, you know. I'm mm. surprised. I'm surprised that it will, ha- I mean, it will happen. One hundred percent. I know it, it sounds silly. I know it sounds silly, and United fans might not want to hear this. But the, where United are right now, surely a Potter would have been the the, the sort of the answer. I so agree. He, he, I even agree. He, just take a risk on him. It can't get any worse than it is now. So why not take a risk on someone who's who can do it in the Premier League with a lower team? Mm. I know they might say that they've tried that with with Oli and it didn't work and stuff like that. But Potter's a, Potter's got no emotional connection to United and, and I'm surprised that when the when they Oli was sacked and Ramiet come in that Potter's name wasn't someone that they were were looking at. Maybe they don't think he's a big enough profile, but at the end of the day you need someone who plays good football and gets results. I mean and... I'll, I'll be honest mate, I've seen Potter's name linked to England. So if they think mm. that he's not a big enough profile, that's if as I, big as it gets. If <laughs> I was a, if, if I was a United fan and I was watching Brighton, I'd be thinking that's everything I want United to be for now. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, you know, to get them with the quality that United have got in the team in terms of their individual players, someone like Potter comes in and, and gets them playing in a structure in a way that actually can get results. You'd look at Brighton as, as the perfect example. They never get mm-hmm. battered. They never really get battered by anybody. They tend to get decent results away from home. They, their home form is really good. And they've got a, a young English manager who understands the league and has proven himself now over the last two or three seasons that he can do it. So Ten Hag to me is just it's still an odd one. I don't I don't see it ending well. But obviously you've got to give him time. He's, it's his first game. United are going to win games this season. We know they are just because they always do. Um but yeah I don't think they'll be anywhere near the top four this year. Yeah. I mean for me for me it's the fact that Brighton haven't got a lot to work with and Potter's still getting the job done. Yes, uh, like and some of them were excellent. Welbeck, Trozard, I think they were both. But so also, good. I think I think you look at the players like Casado they brought in, and like you say, yeah, Trossard, yeah. Trossard, and even players like like Lewis Dunk. I was, you know, these players are, are players that, all right, they might not be the biggest names in the world, and they might not be the flashiest players. But why can Brighton find these players, but United can't? That would be the, the bigger worry. Why are Brighton finding, you know, a Casado or, or a Basuma or? These type of players in 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 the French leagues or in the other the lower leagues around Europe, and they're finding these little hidden gems. But United, who are, you know supposedly the biggest club in the world, they can't find them. Well, and they, they waste all their money on so-called names. It, that would be more worrying for me. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I do I do just want to give my two pence to United because I hate Man United. I, to be honest, I hate them as much as Tottenham. I'll say that till the day I die. Uh, I genuinely think they should be so worried. I think they're going to get, it's going to get worse before it gets better for me, in my opinion. Um, he's how much, dead. How much Sorry, worse can it get? How much worse can it get, though? What's what's worse for United? I mean, I, I, I said this last week that I don't think finishing outside Europe is a bad thing for United. I know United mm. fans might think not, but I think. If you finish outside the money, Europe, though, isn't it? It's the, mon- it's yeah, the they, money. But, that... but they've got money, haven't they? They've, they've United mm. are always going to have money just purely because of the size of them. So I think if United, if they're not going to be in with a chance of getting into the into Europe this season, I don't think finishing in, outside Europe. I would go, you know, fi- even if you finish tenth and you and you go on a cup run and you try and win, just get a trophy in the in the cabinet and then start again with a year without Europe. And look how it's benefited Arsenal. No Arsenal fans at the time have said, you know, no Europe was was the worst thing that they'd ever they could ever experience and it was the worst this and it was the worst that but actually if you look at it it gives you a chance to rebuild and it gives you a chance to bring through some younger more hungry players and it gives you a chance to then 
the next season when you start with no expectation of getting into Europe and you do manage to get into Europe, that's the stepping stone. And then you yeah. go again. And that's, I think United are at that point now where even if they finish eighth, who cares? Just start again. Mm. <laughs> finish an eighth, bloody hell. I don't want to hear them words again. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that's too many, too many familiar, familiar names. Anyway, yeah. But, um, the thing is, the thing is with me, United, I just, I do not understand what they are doing in terms of their transfer window. You've just mentioned like how it's gone wrong. I feel like there's a fight, like 10 args here to put out a fire. I feel like the flames are getting bigger. All these, they've spent 140 million on their center halves. And you think, right? New blood in the team, Brighton at home, beginning of the season, new manager in the, in the turnstile. Right. This is your bread and butter. We're going to go all guns blazing three points. Surely. And then you see, your two centre-halves get dominated by the likes of Danny Welbeck, Leonardo Trozard and Cansado, who I've never really heard of, to be honest. I'll be completely honest with you. Before the uh, yes, uh, Sunday's game, I had not heard of him. I would be absolutely baffled. Uh, and they're signing this player. like, And I'm thinking, this is small fish in a big pond. If you can't handle the pressure against the likes of them, they're up against Ivan Tony next week. He's going to have a field day. He's going to have an absolute field day. And the same going for they play you the week after that. Darwin Nunes, I mean, he's going to have, well, he's going to have the best time of his life. If they play I, I think as well, he got, I think you just got to remember that Ten Hag, he's not going to solve it all in one summer. It's going to take him, mate, if they're, if they're prepared to stick with him and they're going to give him, you know, three years to see where they're at and, and, and build, it's going to take him two, maybe three transfer windows to get it right. Um, but mm. it's just whether it's just like I say, I don't think United fans are. I think the expectations already dropped for United fans. They know where they are. They know that where what they are, what their sort of level is now for the next few seasons. And it's down to him to to rebuild them back up. And he's going to need money. He's going to need to buy the right players. He's going to need to get away from from United being a side that buy a name just for the sake of of them being linked to United and buying somebody that just comes in because it excites the fans. They need to they need to back. Ten Hag and, and give him the players that he wants to, to to effectively play the way that he wants. And until they start backing the manager and, and, and doing that, then they're going to just continue doing what they're doing. They need to they need to change what their their, their policy and their structure and and start backing the manager in terms of right. You're our man for the next three or four years. What do you need? We'll get it for you. And that's I mean I know they're trying or they're supposedly trying for De Jong, but if it, it, it's it's got to need more than a holding midfielder to sort them out. But that's say. I'm loving that. I'm enjoying United uh, ship sinking while I can because we all know that at some point they will be back, and, and that's the that's the one day that we're just going to have to hope carries on for a long time because I don't want to see it ever again. But it will happen at some point. <laughs> at some point, at some point, they're going to get it right. So let's just enjoy it while we can. Yeah, I mean, I look at them like I do. We were just talking in Chelsea, and where's it all going to come from? I did think the same thing on on Sunday. I looked at their lineup without Ronaldo, and I thought. Who's going to bring the magic here? Like, what's, uh, I don't, I don't see Rashford or Sancho turning up anytime soon. And to be honest, they delivered to my expectations. They didn't really have a great game against Brighton. Um, and and yeah, like you said, fine. Ronaldo's done something bad, but fine him. Just fine him. What's the point in not starting him when he's? It's going to cause you more problems than it is him. He'll just go and find another job if he really wants to. Oh, he's the I'm, best. He's the best I'm, player in the world. I could understand it if, if Martial was fit because he's had a quite a good preseason and they had another striker. Yeah. But the fact that they went into that first game without a striker, that was... With Ericsson up top, like, it just makes the, that, no sense. I know that he's probably trying to make a point to Ronaldo saying, look, you know, I'm not going to play you if you're not with us and I'll play, I'll just play a midfielder up there. But I mean, sometimes just use him while you got him. If he if he decides to leave between now and the end of August, then who cares? Just use him while you got him. And I think that was probably what... United fans were probably a bit upset about the fact that, all right, he's 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 throwing his toys out of the pram, but just use him while you got him because at the end of the day, yeah. we all know we all know that nothing makes Ronaldo happier than scoring goals. So just chuck him in your team for now and, and hope he can keep you going. And who knows if he's playing and scoring, he might turn around and say, you know, what, I'm actually going to stay. So yeah, who knows? But he hasn't got long left either. Like what they got to remember is. Without like, I generally don't believe he'll bring as much to the table as what he did last season. Um, I don't think he'll have enough support. Uh, I don't think there'll be enough people there to to give him the service he got. I don't. I can't see twenty goals for him this season, in my opinion. 
Um, I feel like they're going to need to be a bit more flexible. They've got Europa League as well now. So that's going to be, that's going to come into thing. And he will need rest as good as he is. Every player needs rest and he's not going to be able to do it all every week. So I think players like Rashford and Sancho are going to need to step up and they're going to need to bring someone else in. There's no doubt about that. If they don't do that, then it's curtains before before the day's even started. So, Marko Arnautovic is the answer, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, this is what I mean. More money than sense in that team. Like, you have all these troubles. You've Mar- Martinez has just had a poor beginning. Unless, okay, fine, it's just his debut. Ericsson, he didn't really do much, and I still don't think he's the answer anyway. He's old, you know, he's he's got heart problems. He's not going to be a fix. And you decide that Adrian Rabeau and Marko Arnautovic are the solutions. Oh that's, my God! Unfortunately, that's that's the shops they're shopping in now. They're not they're not mm. they're not shopping in 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 the most expensive shops. They're shop they're shopping in in your mid you know your mid range shops. They're not they're not at the top table anymore, and that's just obviously hard for United fans to hear. But they're not they're not yeah. they're not shop they're not shopping in the same market as, as the likes of City and Liverpool and, and even Spurs and Arsenal now. You'd say and Chelsea they're all shopping in a different a different shop top man united and man united are a europa league side now and that's the, that's their level so they've got to buy players to to come in at that level unfortunately and it's just the way that the way it is but let's not take nothing away from brighton it was a it was a great result for them and and, and potter and um I think that there'll be a few more like this from brighton i think i think brighton might go under the radar this season interesting and one more thing as well ten hog if you're going to do a job with the little tools you got get it correct what is he doing playing Mick Fred in the midfield? Van der Beek, I feel sorry for you because you can't be that bad if McTominay and Fred are starting ahead of you. That was a abysmal performance in the midfield. I was I was just if I was sat watching that on the bench and I was a midfielder, I'd be raging. I'd be generally raging because Oh, I don't know. He's meant to be experienced as well. He's meant to be a good manager, yet he still got it wrong. He made three wrong decisions, and the three of them are there, not starting Ronaldo and playing Fred and McTominay. It just didn't work. Um, and we worked. saw that last it, it, season. It hasn't worked for three years, and it, it seems like every manager still still does it. So there must be something that they're seeing that they think they can get out of them, but maybe that in training they're, they're unreal, and then they just can't bring it to a match day. But who cares? Let's hope that it continues. <laughs> Hopefully so. Um, we're going to have to talk on on these, obviously. Last game of the day, obviously, Liverpool dropping points. It got the pot boiling for City to go and deliver and Haaland to come and make his name known. Um, I want to ask you, has this changed? Like, what's this made you feel like now? Obviously, being a Liverpool fan, Liverpool rivals with City, they have been for many seasons now in the league. Has, has this made you change your mind? Do you feel like, oh, God, you know, Haaland really has a no. nail in the coffin or is it too, still too soon to, to tell anything? I think the thing is with Haaland, everyone knows he's going to score. He's going to score goals because he's scored goals everywhere he's been. He's not going to all of a sudden come to the best team in the in effectively the world and not and not get chances to score. So we know he's going to score goals. I thought West Ham were really poor, actually. I thought they, they were really um, off it. And also, if you look at City's record at West Ham, they never lose at West Ham. I think their last five or six games they played at West Ham, I think they conceded like one goal and scored about... 25 or something stupid so they always win at West Ham um, I, don't, I, I still don't see it with Haaland I know that obviously he, he, he's a, he's powerful when he makes runs in behind but I'm just not sure that I'm just not sure he suits Man City yet. I still think like for the majority of that game the other day he was he was non-existent all right he gets the penalty and some might say well he doesn't have to be you know he doesn't have to do a lot apart from you know he's walked away with two goals and he hasn't played that well which is fair enough but I just think over the course of the season, I don't think he's going to be a flop, but I just don't think he's going to score the amount of goals that, that we all might think he he will. And obviously, he might completely prove me wrong and go and score 35 goals in this season and absolutely tear it apart. I'm going for the latter, to be fair. But I, just looking at it, as I say, it's the first game. I mean, he was playing up against um, a young lad in, in Johnson. Um, I can't remember who started, Azuma and Johnson, wasn't it, at centre-half? So, yeah. I mean, it's not the... the and then Kufau and... Yeah, I mean, well. it's not, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not the hardest defence. You saw against Liverpool the week before when he played against Matt Ipp and, and Van Dijk. He hardly had a sniff, really. So yeah. I think I think coming up against the team, it's going to be... I think he's going to have to do it in the big games for, to, to kind of win me over. 
I think if you're scoring two against West Ham and you're scoring, you know, two against your know, Wolveses and your Bournemouths, that's not, you know, they've always had strikers who've done that. I think if to, if he wants to be the, the player that we all think he's going to be and we all sort of are fearing that he's going to be, I think it's going to be more, again, let's see what his record is against the top six. Because if you remember correctly, when Lukaku was here before, Lukaku yeah. always, sco- always scored against the lesser teams and he scored bad loads of goals against the lesser teams. But as soon as it comes to a top six team, he couldn't do it. And he kind of plays the same way as Lukaku. If you look at the way that they play, they're kind of similar in the way that they play. I think technically Haaland's probably better than Lukaku, but in terms of the runs in behind, they, he likes to he likes to try and hold it up uh, as well and, and use his physicality. But we'll wait and see on Haaland. Obviously, it's a great start for him. I think getting a penalty in your first game's like a striker's dream, isn't it? A tap-in or a penalty, you, you, you take that all day. And you kind of saw like with Nunes when he scored his first goal, it lifted the weight off of his shoulders you saw straight away after he was he was running about more he was getting involved more and obviously took his second one really well as well but again you're not i've never questioned his his ability or his you know the the fact that he will score goals he will we he's just he's that type of striker but i'm just interested to see how he fares against the, the best defenses if he if he comes away from against the top six this season he scored you know five or six goals in his one man city then games against the, the you know the so-called top six then I'll, I'll say, you know, fair enough, he's proved me wrong. But I haven't seen enough yet to, to, to really feel like it's changed City that much. So, okay. we'll wait and see. Fair comment. And I agree with you on West Ham. I don't think they played well. Um, but, yeah, Haaland started off the way he wanted to. You know, like, fingers of me, I think he is, he's a fox in the box, but he's got pace as well, which scares <laughs> me, to be honest. He's got a bit of both. Um, but, yeah, far too soon to sell. I think people are getting too excited. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, the league's over already. I no. saw spaces on Twitter and people are calling Klopp out and it's like, what's Klopp done? He's just done the best things for you in century, like of Liverpool's of Liverpool's history. One manager you do not disrespect considering what you've gone through. Um, but yeah, before we wrap up, I do want to get a quick prediction. Obviously, Monday night, you play Palace. We just had Palace on a Friday. So this will be an interesting one. Just want to uh, gather your thoughts. Um, obviously, Thiago is injured now. Um, mm. So give me a little bit of talk on that and whether you think it is a must for you to bring someone in. Um, I don't think we will, though. That's the problem. I think I think Klopp's made it clear that he's not going to buy somebody for the sake of it. I think unless unless Dortmund give us any sort of indication that, that, that Bellingham's available or, or Bellingham's, um, there's a chance for him this season. I don't think, I, I think it's Bellingham, with Klopp, it's Bellingham or no one. Um Thiago thing's unfortunate, but every year he's been with us, he's had spells out. So um, it just come at a bad time that Ox is out and Curtis Jones, who I really wanted to see get some more game time this season, is, is out as well. But Cater only missed the game on the weekend because he was ill. Um, so he'll be back against Palace. Um, obviously, Harvey Elliott came on and he looked really good as well in that sort of right-sided channel uh, with Salah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, everyone would expect us to win that game. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not even too fussed about the performance at the minute. I think home, I think your home games, even for Liverpool, you know, for, it's got to be a fortress. So I would expect nothing more than, than a win. How that win comes at this stage of the season, I really don't care. I'd take a scrappy 1-0 now. Um, but I think Nunes is going to start, which gives us, I mean, you saw when he come on against Fulham, he just gave us something completely different. He went and sat and stood right in between the two Fulham um, centre-halves. And as soon as he came on, they didn't know what, really how to deal with him. Um, I think Firmino, for me, he's he's never been an out-and-out striker, but I think he needs to play now. I think with the injuries, we could see us playing a 4-2-3-1. So I think we could end up with, a, with Henderson and Fabinho almost sitting in front of the back four and then having like a Harvey Elliott playing um, or a Firmino playing in the 10. And then I think you'll play Nunes up front. And I think Firmino could be that almost like the Joe Linton type player where you bring him back slightly and you and, and play him in a, in a midfield three or play him as a, as a 10 behind the striker. And he's got the ability to find them passes into the striker. I don't, he's never been prolific. So I just, I think Klopp got that wrong slightly, but I think he's just trying to ease Nunes in. But I think Nunes is making it pretty hard to leave him out now. So I would yeah. expect, I would expect, to, I would expect a win and I'm hopeful for a win. But again, it's not going to be easy because Palace are a decent side. I know they didn't show it mm. that much against you the other day, but first home game, I'm hoping Anfield's going to be rocking and I'm hoping that. We can get off off the off and running with a win um, because the last thing you want to do is give if give City, Tottenham, Arsenal uh, a head start. So, fingers crossed. I'll take a win now, and, and how it comes, I'm not I'm not fast. 
Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, thank you, mate, for tuning in. Uh, just before we wrap up, I want to go through this. I don't reckon uh, as an before they are owned by regimes that completely disregard basically anyone who support them or represent them. That's deplorable. Look, mate, people support that they support. What goes on behind closed doors is behind closed doors. Um, but thank you for tuning in. For me, it ha- I think it's with everyone in football. Um, I think every team's becoming like this now. Like Man United, they've, they've chucked money on the table. City have chucked money on the table. Newcastle chucked money on the table. Arsenal, we've just spent, what, 300 million in two seasons. Money is what gets you success. So you can't, I can't slander a Newcastle or Man City and put them in that bracket. I think we're all there now. Uh, I think New- also, also on that, every every club in, in the Premier League is owned by a billionaire or a yeah, multi millionaire. That, that, so that's the thing. regardless where the money comes from, everyone's owned by, you can't own a Premier League football club now unless you're a multi millionaire or a billionaire. So we've all got money. It's just that some have more than others, and it's and it's questionable as to where it comes from and how it gets there. But I'm sure if you investigated all of the owners and asked them how they made their millions, there's probably questions to be asked of all of them. Um, and let's face it, they're all in it for money. Apart apart from Abramovich, who was in it for the for just you know a hobby almost. All of them are in it to make money, and and they've all got money by making money, and they've all bought clubs by probably doing deals that are not a hundred percent you know without issues or. Or, or things that go along with that and the stuff that we'll probably never ever hear about but at the end of the day it, it, it's football and you can't football and politics shouldn't mix you know we're fans of football we're not fans yeah. of, of of owners and we're not fans of you know i don't really care who owns liverpool as long as we're winning on the pitch to be right you know what I'm saying? And that's the same for every club really so i think fans get too caught up in this you know the saudi back stuff and 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 the cities you know their 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 owners and stuff like that at the end of the day you're not you're not supporting them by watching your team you're, you're supporting your team because that's your team and you want to see them win so at the end of the day if it doesn't really it, it shouldn't really matter 100 i completely back that to be honest um like i'll be going to many games this season i'm buzzing for saturday to get up to the emirates and hopefully it'll be a great win against leicester and i can tell you what as long as the owners are giving us what we want which is money to spend i'm quite happy um and that's what we're doing at the moment you know and i don't look at anything else outside of that i haven't got time to i don't really care about it as long as the players perform the manager does his job and we've got the funds we need that's what it's about um but yeah we're going to wrap up because i think we have touched on most things um dale it's been a pleasure mate good to have you on board again everyone that's tuned in make sure you smash that like button on youtube if you're not on youtube come over and subscribe Um, But yeah, we will be back next week and I hope that everyone has a good rest of the week. Take care, guys. See you soon.